Welcome to the J-Rod Concerts Podcast. I hope everyone has had a good start to their summer. Um, personally, I'm a little freaked out because right here in Florida, um, I guess people are going out like the virus never existed, right? So this weekend I went out for dinner and uh, lo and behold, no social distancing, very few masks, so I'm a little on the edge about that, to be honest with you. However, we always have the music, right? We can, let's just fall back on the music and feel better about that. And um, with that said, we have an amazing, amazing guest today. We have Susie McNeil. She is uh, very known in Canada, Canadian pop rock singer and songwriter. She is um, she rose to fame with a reality show that people may remember called. Um, rock star in excess in 2005 and uh, McNeil began pursuing a musical career uh, right after this um, she, she released her debut album Broken and Beautiful in 2007 and since then she's had an amazing amazing career she's she's performed the halftime show at the Grey Cup which is Canada's biggest sporting event she has uh, made a bunch of cover songs a lot of um, chart charting singles but now she is performing with the Loving Mary Band, which is that great band led by Marty Fredrickson. Um, and we talked to Sarah Tomek, the drummer, the other day. So this is like a reunion of sorts. Fantastic band. They toured with uh, Steven Tyler. Um, you know, they're performing a lot of great shows. Uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, June 17th, they're doing a Black uh, Lives Matter show as well as a band online. So check that out. So without further ado, guys, this is the wonderful, wonderful Susie McNeil. Yeah. Perfect. Hi. What's up, Susie? How are you doing? I am good. How are you? Good, man. Crazy times. Really appreciate you, you know, being here on the show with us. Thank you so much. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. You're, you know, you're one of the most versatile, versatile, you know, you know, songwriters and artists that we have right now. And uh, it's an honor to have you. Of course. Of Aww. course. Susie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it. I mean it. <laughs> That's uh, why I called. <laughs> there you go. Works out. But uh, yeah, Susie, well, thank you for joining us. You know, obviously, uh, you know, we're living through some crazy times. We're recording this on, you know, June 2nd. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been a crazy year, so I wanted to ask you just in general, um, how has the past, uh, you know, what's 2020 been like uh, for Susie McNeil? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Not good. No. Um, it, I mean, it started off amazing. I, I kind of, you know, you mentioned the word versatile. I had this uh, kind of plan in my career to just... Um, have a bunch of acts that like, you know, musical acts that fulfill all the sides of me musically. Um, and then I was also like, 
you know, I didn't know if I would still be doing music at this age, you know, there's a kind of a shelf life to being an artist, but I thought if I kind of, you know, gave a bunch of options out to the world, I would get the gig. So I had, um, you know, my Nashville band, that's kind of country classic rock. And then I was doing a soul, like a 10 piece soul band up in, here in Canada. And then I played duo stuff with my husband and then the Aerosmith stuff. Um, and then with the Nashville band stuff, we were doing Steven stuff too. So 2020 was becoming like, I was getting a lot of work through all these projects. I was like, this is great. This is what I wanted. You know, the plan is working. Um, and then COVID-19. So <laughs> that was weird. Oops. My phone just said low battery. Um, so yeah, the, I was thinking back, like after all this happened about when I first found out about that as well. And, you know, it's funny where it just hit at least here in Canada, I think everywhere really so fast that, you know, you, you aren't sort of taking in the moment before, yeah. before this, you know, pandemic hits. And, but I, I saw a few signs, like I, there's a guy who books me a lot in Vegas, um, my own, you know, solo stuff or the soul band I was talking about actually loving Mary as well. And I talked to him, I think it was like, February 25th because I had another gig in Niagara Falls and I just called to ask him how he was because we're friends too and he was like this COVID or this coronavirus is hitting us so because he does a lot of corporate he works every wow I know and I was like aha you know I didn't think anything of it sure and then it kind of then I lost a gig that was in May in Vegas and and then I then I'm taking notice like I'm paying attention (laughs) yeah of course (laughs) and then I had a gig it was um March 7th and I was I remember we were all talking about it there a couple one of the guys who was on American Idol that first year it was just like a corporate thing Tony Vincent the other artist was on and we were talking about it and then that was it. That was my last gig. And I was even wow. like remembering the last song I sang. That was what, like maybe March, March 10th? 7th. Well, it was 7th. March 7th. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. And then I didn't have another gig till I think it was like the 15th, maybe in Vegas. So the guy who booked it, that same guy was like, that gig's fine. Like we're talking May. It's like people are starting to cancel. That one got canceled too. So just bang. Unbelievable. And then my husband's in all the bands with me, plus other bands. So suddenly we were just both unemployed, like in one one step. So then I got really depressed. I'm not going to lie for like a week and a half. It hit you hard, of course. Oh yeah. Like I couldn't even kind of get out of bed. Like I'm not, I'm a very positive person. So, but all the signs of like depression. And then I slowly picked myself back up. Yeah. And I have been able to, I've, I've run into people who it's been the opposite. So they were, you know, fine at the beginning. Okay. You know, whatever, we'll make it through. But I think the longer it drags on, the more, you know, other people are in, you know, I guess I just knew from the beginning because our whole career relies on large crowds. Sure. I knew. And, and, and then that's why I kind of like mourn, you know, you're mourning. Oh, yeah so much right oh yeah absolutely i mean just looking at in the research looking at some of your clips from in excess everything that you represent 
is basically how corona is spread <laughs> like just jumping into the <laughs> yes. crowd like Probably. close proximity force so yeah here's yeah. hoping that 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 gets fixed but but it's it's i think it's normal and i think that you know talking to to artists i, I talked to elena moore for the band tennis the other day and she said the same she's like look i know people have lost something and like i'm mm-hmm. conscious of that but it's still we still have to mourn the death of like yeah. a cycle of, a, of our album cycle that we thought we were gonna have yeah and a, and a, a whole lifetime of I was like I don't really know how to do anything else I've done this my whole career has been singing but I do know how to do other things yeah of course <laughs> you'll bounce back I know yeah of course you'll, you're gonna come back better than ever Susie but anyway so so thanks for enlightening us on that um I do want to ask you a little bit about your early life so you sure. and then move move ourselves back to the present if you will um mm-hmm. so you were born in Ontario uh you had two sisters and a brother were you uh, the old, yes. older middle youngest actually I've got more than that so I have one blood sister oh. um and then my parents got divorced so my mom married a guy who had two kids, a girl and a boy, our age. So then suddenly we're just, we're the Brady oh, wow. bunch. Yeah. No and then my dad remarried and had two kids. So I've got a half sister, half brother, stepsister, stepbrother, and a, and a blood sister. Wow. Did you guys ever all get together? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, oh, wow. I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> like the bigger, the better with family concerned. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Susan, did you grow up in a musical family? Where, where does the music blood come from? Yeah, it's definitely from like my mom's father. He was like Welsh. He would play all these different instruments in the war. My mom loved singing. So she would always just sing with my sister and I, and she wasn't trying to like instill anything or teach us anything. She just wanted to sing. So we, my sister and I both uh, sort of got hooked by the music blood and or bug and then bit by the music and then like he she married a minister so we went to church and sang in the choir and I was just I'm gonna plug my phone in I was always surrounded by it um and so yeah my sister became a music teacher and I I I needed to perform <laughs> you needed it. it was a must yeah oh yeah <laughs> I loved it so that's yeah. great that's mm-hmm. that's cool that's cool um so let's jump up a little bit so you started performing from then i i assume i assume from a young age and then you yes. you, you know you eventually get to rockstar in excess which is you know how m- millions of people first uh, heard your name yeah. um, me, me included uh that must have been an incredible experience like i said you know throughout the research a bunch of things stick out uh, i haven't seen mm-hmm. those clips in, in a few years specifically i love how you were so first of all your your positivity is, is off the charts, mm-hmm. right? You had these messages that were, you know, 10, 15 years ahead of the curve. You know, like women can work, can be as successful as men at rock and roll. Right. Can, you had a lot of really, really cool, cool stuff. But, and your confidence, that also stands out. But tell us how you look back at Rockstar in Excess, you know, uh, after all this time. Um, it was a crazy experience and everyone who was on it will agree. Like we all have this sort of bond, um, still to this day, some of us more than others, but it it was amazing. It was hard and great, but, but it was strange because, um, we went into the show as just, you know, I was trying to make a living in the music industry, but, um, you know, I was just making a meager living locally. And then when we were on the show, we were sequestered. That was the weird part because they like, they literally locked us in a mansion. We had like 
a personal chef, like it wasn't a bad situation, but it messes with your brain. And then sure. we couldn't like look at the internet or any, um, any, you know, articles or n news magazines, nothing. And so I was in there for, in there, like in the mansion for three months. <laughs> locked in a mansion with a I chef. No, but I get it. I get it. I get it. Oh, yeah. like, so bizarre. And then when I got out, I had like lots of recognition, like minor fame. You know, I'd be walking down the street and people would be honking, sweet Susie McNeil. But like, I didn't watch that happen. So I, sure. it, I didn't sort of, it didn't compute into my brain. And then also the weird thing is like, we know this now, but at the time reality shows were still pretty new and they don't like help you at all when you're done the process. Like they kind of right. just, you know, that's it. And I think we all thought like we'd get all these record deals and they, you know, do all these things for us. But literally it was like, okay, you've been eliminated. And I found myself in a hotel room and that was it. Like, here's your phone back. <laughs> and I was like, wow. uh, so I kind of was running around with like, like a chicken with my head cut off for a while. I think we sure. all were. And then I just had to kind of navigate the business essentially on my own. Like I didn't even, I didn't have a manager or a lawyer, all those things you need. Um, and so I made a lot of decisions that looking back, I probably shouldn't have, but I don't regret any of it because I just, you know, did what I could and I love my life. And so, but it was, it was a crazy time. Wow. Sure. That sounds crazy. And so, and you moved to LA right after 2006, maybe? I did. Yeah. To okay, do how, my first record. How was, how was that experience? I know you also toured with Pink a little bit throughout this time. Mm -hmm. uh, how, how was this? Uh, what did you learn from her? What, what were your first impressions of living in LA? It was good. I mean, I went down, I had like, I have a crazy story because right after Rockstar, Irving Azoff mm -hmm. managed me and like, he's the biggest manager probably in the world. Yeah. And then this man, this like legendary A&R man at the time, John Claudner, he's long retired since then. Um, they worked with me and they were like, okay, we're just going to make you a star. And it was one of these like cliche stories. And I was like, okay. But coming from Irving Azoff, it's like, okay. I know. <laughs> and then they put me up in a, you know, in a hotel for like a, over a year. Like they paid for the whole record. I'm having lunches at the Ivy every day. It was very <laughs> surreal. And then when it was done, we submitted it and they were kind of just like, I learned later that it's, I mean, they didn't do it specifically for a tax write-off, but that's just what it became. Like they never really did anything with it. And then it's just a tax write-off. If you make millions a year, then you don't mind. Um, and so then, and again, it wasn't because they were like mean or anything. They just, they threw it against the wall to see if it stuck. And I think they gave it to like one or two labels. And when they didn't want it, they just stopped. And so then I asked them if I could have it myself. Like sure. I, I just spent my whole year doing this record. Like if you don't want to do anything with it, can you? And they were sweet. They said, yes, if you, they said, if you make millions off of it, we'll come, we'll find you and we'll talk. And I never did. So it was good. But, but um, Canada rockstar did really, really well in Canada because there were so many Canadians on it. So I just, you know, I did it myself. I took, took my album to Canada. I 
you know, I remember back then there was a single on it that I wanted to take to radio. And I forget, someone was like, no, I don't think you should. So I was like, no, I'm going to do it. I'll pay for it myself. And I did. And that song became really big in Canada, you know, heavy rotation. It's all those little stories where I think that's what I learned. My biggest and best lesson was like, nobody believes in you like you believe in you you know you're your mm -hmm. best champion and and you can you can do it like i just didn't take no for an answer and that's how i got all, every success that i have as far as the pink thing goes i was you know because this was happening in la i was i didn't really have an income like they were paying for all these things for me but I didn't have a job or anything and no money left because I was on Rockstar and then not working for so long. And so it was Paul Merkovich, who's he's the musical director on The Voice now. He was on Rockstar. So he also was Cher's musical director and Pink's manager, Cher's manager. So she needed a backup singer and there were a bunch of girls auditioning and we just clicked like you know, Pink said, I, I believe you when you're singing, like you, you sing with passion and I believe, you know, where you're coming from. And she was amazing. It was a big learning lesson, lessons, lots of lessons learned going on tour with her, watching her, you know, do interviews like this one, like just watching the machine really in action. She's exactly what you see is what you get, you know, yeah. the tough girl, you know, she doesn't, really take any crap from anyone that that's that's totally her <laughs> that, that's great that's great and the story about about your album that's uh, thanks for sharing that um this was before broken and beautiful right no that was broken that and was beautiful. broken and that beautiful album. okay oh mm -hmm. okay fantastic which is a great mm -hmm. album by the way all mm -hmm. 10 songs from one to 10 really nice listen and this is the yeah. one with uh, with belief right the, the first the yes. first reincarnation yeah is this, is, is this the song you were talking about um which one as far as that you said in in, in canada became really oh really yeah big. oh no uh it was another song called hung up was my oh, first really good really radio good. single and believe was to believe i went really far with believe because yeah. it was part of the olympics initiative and yeah. you know everyone knew it it was on a bunch of commercials up here and stuff um is, but is that, you know, is more that, than, is that weird is that weird susie listening to your song as a theme song for NBC's The Biggest Loser, Believe, I'm talking about. Right. And a song that came from you, your baby, just being expanded in, in all these different directions. You kind of get used to it, and, and it, but it's never not good. It's always really, it's more fun. It's not weird, it's fun. It's very exciting to hear that, hear your song. That's on great, staff. that's great. And Hung yeah. Up is also a great song. And speaking of Believe, you know, you also performed that at the Grey Cup, which was, which was pretty yes. cool. Mm -hmm. pretty cool yeah. um which is you know canada's for those that don't know it's canada's biggest sporting event you know i think five six yep. million people watch it every year at least it's uh, like the super bowl of yeah <laughs> and everyone should really like just google susie mcneil you know gray cup canada because you have this really iconic look big hoop earrings camouflage <laughs> scarf it's like a, it's yeah. a really 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 good uh, rendition of belief so, so that was how, how was that experience performing that show it was great. It was, you know, you're, you're just wanting to do a good job and there's so many moving pieces and it's exciting. Like it's so exciting doing big shows like that. So yeah, it's just another great memory. Is it more like just don't mess it up kind of thing? 
yeah, you're a little nervous. And then there's, you know, just the timing and you got to be right on your mark. And, but when I'm up there, especially after doing Rockstar, like I made a promise to myself to stop being nervous. I was like, you're, you were performing in front of millions of people watching their TVs. So you can't be nervous. You're, you know, and I never really have been since, you know, the more you do it, the more it just becomes second nature. That's awesome, Susie. So moving on to a few more albums, you know, we move on to Rock and Roller. Great album, solid. Um, it also, you know, spawned uh, the, uh, the, a great cover, right, from, the, uh, from Saving Jane, that Columbus, Ohio band. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. That is now called Union Rose, Supergirl. Really good song. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But then my favorite album of yours, I think, from your solo period, I mean, it's, of course, Dear Love. I, I just, I, oh. I just, what, what, a, what a masterpiece, if I may say so. Just the emotion oh. that, you, that you capture in every note. Susie, I don't, that's authentic. There's no other oh. way. There's no other, there's, you just can't pro-tool that, you know, the, the emotion, right. Uh, right. the emotion in every one of that song. Um, do you mind taking us a little bit into just the creative process of, of this? Like, were you going through like maybe some heartache? Cause he, because that's, uh, you know, I think we can all relate to a few of these songs for sure. Yeah. I mean, when you're writing songs, you're just trying to pull, you know, a story or an emotion out of something. And a lot of my songs, probably all of them would be these like scheduled songwriting sessions where you go in and a lot of times it's a stranger and you're, you know, writing something and you're like trying to find the meaning in it. And I had like kind of an epiphany where I was like, I gotta just stop trying so hard and just write about what I'm going through and what I'm feeling. So when I, I decided that I was actually going through a breakup at the time. And I was like, I, I want it to be kind of more of a, um, uh, what's the word, the, you know, an album that had like a theme album. Um, so when I went in that direction, the, the, um, the songs just kind of came pouring out of me and it, and it, it, the whole album kind of does tell a story of this, of this breakup. And I, I also wanted it to be something that others could, you know, turn to because, because breakups, they're very obviously common and cliche to write about them and stuff, but it, they're, they're hard. So I, I definitely wanted that, <clears throat> excuse me, to be an album that like girls, oh guys could turn to, and uh, hopefully make make them feel a little better throughout that process. Sure. sure. Well, I think mission accomplished, Susie. So let's uh, let's jump start to the Loving Mary band, right? Which is uh, right. oh my god, what what a, what, a, what a great band that, that you're in. Uh, <laughs> Aww, let thanks. me first let me first start by saying that um, it's like an all star team, right? Everyone was just talking mm-hmm. about the Michael Jordan document. It's like you have all these great people, obviously Marty Fredrickson who you wrote songs with before. It's a long relationship. Yeah. You have other great people. You have um, Rebecca Lynn Howard, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Susie, uh, the drummer, like so many, so many people. I'm sorry. Um, it's just, it's amazing. So I want to ask you a little bit about, um, about, about, about how the chemistry and how you guys came together, if you will. Yeah. Um, well, Marty is a, an amazing producer. He produced, Broken and Beautiful, the whole record, and Rock and Roller. So I had met him through that right. John Irving Azoff thing. And we we just really, you know, when I was in LA, I didn't really even have very many friends. And I'm working on this album. It's like all my dreams are coming true. So, so Marty and I, he became like my best friend there. 
And we just always kept in touch. We loved working together. You know, we continued doing records together. And he moved to Nashville from LA and I would go to Nashville and then I would always bug him to start a band. I was like, look at Lady Annabelle. I'm like, you're such a good singer. You know, you're always behind the scenes. You'd, you'd be amazing in front of the cameras and in front of the microphone. And so, fine. And you know, we'd have a couple glasses of wine. He'd be like, okay. And the next day, he'd be like, no. <laughs> but finally, one day, you know, we you broke him down. It. Yeah. And then also, um, I had written with Rebecca Lynn Howard, who's an amazing writer, mm -hmm. just a, a session that I didn't actually even know that she'd be there. Like, I just showed up. I didn't know who she was. And we came up with this great song, Drinking With You, is one of the single, Loving Mary singles. And then I was staying with Marty and his partner and I went back and, um, and said, you know, I, I met this girl. She's amazing. Like we, instead of like a lady Annabellum, we should do like a Fleetwood Mac, you know, that's cooler. Yeah. Like, and he had already <laughs> written with her like a couple weeks or months or something before and thought the same thing. So mm -hmm. her husband is an amazing writer and musician and producer and you know, then there was Marty and myself. My husband is an amazing guitar player. It's the dude that's really yeah, yeah. So we're like, let's just all become, an, you know, a band and be a family band. And then we found Sarah. Marty Sarah found Sarah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. She's an amazing drummer. Like, so good. She's like animal, like Dave Grohl, but a chick. She's so sexy. Um, and then she rounded it out. And she always laughs because um the marty's girlfriend comes on tour with us too uh and she manages and stuff us so it was like three couples and sarah <laughs> she, <laughs> she, she was always the seventh wheel and she has a husband but he had to stay at home he had to stay at home oh that's funny <laughs> yeah but yeah it, it would it's just so much talent in one band it's crazy it's crazy. It's crazy. But, but the chemistry amongst you guys, it's like, you can tell, you can tell that it's like a family. It just comes across. Yeah. It just comes across. And of course, one of the, one of the really cool things you guys did has been your work with Steven Tyler lately. Right. So, yes. so yeah. um, if you don't mind, just take us, first of all, how, how this, how this connection started and also talk to us about touring with him, both in Europe and in the U S how, how was that? Um, so it started through Marty again, <laughs> good old Marty. Um, <laughs> Because he uh, worked with Steven for years and years. He uh, co-wrote Jaded. He produced uh, or co-wrote a bunch of songs, but that would be his biggest one with them. Produced a bunch of their of Aerosmith albums. So he's really good friends with Steven. They're like brothers. And Steven often would do little events or shows where he couldn't do it with Aerosmith. Like Aerosmith's a really big entity. So if you're going to hire them, you know, it needs to be a big production. So circuit, in order yeah. for him to do these little shows, he would sometimes use the keyboard player, but he, he couldn't, he didn't have anyone to use. And it was a, it was a total timing coincidence that he needed uh, someone for, I think it was an event in Washington. And Marty was like, well, I have a, like, do you want us to come and, you know, you want to try it out? We did a little acoustic show with him, Washington, and he loved it. And so we just, the shows got bigger and bigger and better and better. And I think 
you know, Aerosmith is amazing. I mean, what band has been together for 50 years and like yeah. stood the test of time like that. But with that said, and it's no secret that they have, um, they have a lot of like issues, I guess, you know, they're like a married couple like they've just married been couple. together for so long. So I think it was really freeing for Steven to be able to just do something, you know, more than anything, just be in charge. Like, yeah. Aerosmith is a partnership, so I'm sure there's a lot of opinions. And yeah, he was freeing for him to try a new style of music in the country world. And he he just had a time and I mean we did too. It was crazy. Like it's he was so sweet that he would always want us as a band to like experience all the things that he did. Like I would when I was touring with Pink, she was in first class and the rest of us weren't, right? Which is fair. But not with Steven. He wanted us to experience it all. And he was so generous. And like, we'd be taking private jets with him and staying yeah, in like cool. the, the you know, five star hotels. And so, definitely an, an experience that I knew when it was happening to take to enjoy it because it does not happen every day. And then, another great thing about that is one of the tours, the one we did in Europe, I had my. I, so Andrew, my husband and I had a baby. So yes. we were, you know, I was pregnant when we were being married to her. Like it really was a fan because wow. here I am just this big belly and playing harmonica and singing on stage. Yeah. And I, I wanted my baby, obviously, but I was also very nervous about it because I was like, how is this going to fit into this life that I've mm -hmm. lived of for course. so long, but so much. And I remember of like, you know being very nervous I kind of uh, probably was like a pregnant woman from hell sometimes I was just <laughs> and I was like oh, I don't no. think so yeah. <laughs> and and so my husband was always like we can make it happen we'll find a way we'll do it and so sure enough when the baby was like two months old we get a call saying okay we're going to Europe we're touring this we had just done a documentary just come out so they're like we're gonna tour it and I had like a single tear on I'm like how am I gonna do this with a baby but we did it our baby was seven months old what an experience wow and we took over the U.S. and Europe with him and it was it was how, amazing how about that how about that with with, with a two month with you know with a newborn baby that's hot that's great yeah. That's that's I something, know. yeah. That's a spectacular. I'll system. never well, forget it. I'll never forget that. Never. A, and he, and he'll tell his friends. He'll tell his friends until the, you know, until he's forever. You know? Did you did you know that when I was less than a year I old, I was touring Europe with Steven Tyler. It's like I okay. know. <laughs> and then the funny thing is, like, we took him so many places because we had to, like, even till March, till COVID hit, and now he goes nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> But we'll we'll travel again. That's sure. of course we will. Well, Susie, <laughs> you've been so generous with your time. That's awesome. We've had so much fun. I do want to ask you one more question, and I'll let you mm -hmm. go. I want to ask you, you know, your solo career. There were rumors that you were kind of like maybe working on some stuff. Uh, what's going on with that? Is it like on the on the oven? Uh, are you getting yeah. inspired right now? What's up with that? Yeah, actually, I was. Um, I have a lot actually planned. We'll see what I can come out with you know, in the near future and what I can't, but there's some music that I already have recorded that I, you know, was planning on putting on an 
album. So I think this is a perfect time to put out some recorded music because why not? You know, we're all just at home and, and hungry for some art and stuff. So that's going to happen. I think Loving Mary, we've been talking about putting out a new album as well through this. So there's going to be, um, you know, great things happening. And um, Andrew, my husband and I have been talking actually about uh, launching like a, we've always wanted to, but we're going to do it later. Um, like a little school and sort of artist mentorship and stuff. So we're oh, going to do that great. during this until we're allowed to play again. Yeah. And come out with some recorded music. And um, I even have like a podcast I want to do. I have a lot of, a lot of plans. So you, just, you haven't wait. heard the last of me. Oh, absolutely <laughs> not. It seems like we caught you right on the cusp of extraordinary new chapter. Great. That's awesome, Susie. Well, uh, thank you so much for your time. Can you hear me? Thank you, Jamie. Yeah, Take of care. Course. What, a, what a great time. Yeah. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Take care. Okay. Thank take you. care. Thank Bye -bye. you. Bye-bye.